0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Exo Squad Goals, the Exo Squadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy, and I'm Chris Farantino. And on this episode, we're talking season two, episode twenty-six, "The Heart of Mars." This one was written by Mark Edens, Francis Moss, and Ted Peterson. They've worked together on a lot of hard-hitting episodes, but forget that this episode's crazy. Let's go, Ryan. What do you think? Uh, so there's a lot to unpack here. Just, to, just to kick it off. So all we're on the same page. The planet Mars is actually one giant sentient organism. We're we're all
1: we're all on the same page there, right? I guess so. <laughs> I have a hard time sussing <laughs> that one out.
0: So does that mean when they blew up Olympus Mons, they kind of like blew up its dick? Yes, hundred percent. And that's why it's so angry.
1: <laughs> what was the? I don't. What was the plan here, Mars? Just to, just to <laughs> lie and wait until some idiot. Flew into you into your sent your pulsing center and then you exploded. I remember Mars exploded. I didn't know it was this episode.
0: I mean, I, <laughs> I mean to be fair, I think it's kind of like in Starship Troopers, where if you think about it, like the humans started it. Like the Exo Squad does, like blow a hole in that thing's skin, flies through its bloodstream, and then blows up its brain. And like or are those fallopian tubes, and this is a giant egg, and it was waiting for some star man to come along and. Do the deed. Two thousand one uh,
1: SpaceX action. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but um. <laughs> but for, forgive me, though. For the, so the last episode, an antenna pops out of the thing. It's it's aroused. A signal is. <laughs> oh man, that's true. Um, <laughs> a signal is sent into outer space, presumably to alert the aliens who put this thing there. They fly into it. Takagi gets drunk and flies into the middle of it. That's not true, but basically <laughs> that's what happens. then the thing explodes, destroying Mars. Checks out. Does that, does that sound right to you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's a wacky ass episode. Like it's so it's so fun and good and awesome, but it's crazy
1: if you think about it. It'd be like if a kid punched you in the stomach and then you just exploded. Yeah, <laughs> like fists of the North Star. <laughs> oh here i go <laughs> not again
0: <laughs> oh man well let's get into the events of this so we can get to the the fun part of it we pick up right where we left off turns out that big signal uh, knocked out all the electronics which is why jt marsh was out of his frame and everyone's out of their e-frames every butler being a fucking savage decides this is a good time to attack the neo sapiens and like it's like a slaughter and they fucking run away the neo frames are grounded What do you say, Captain? Let's see how the Neos like combat without all that armor.
1: Lock and load! Let's take out the trash!
0: But uh, Algernon and Marsh pull rank on him, and they decide to go explore the facility.
1: Break off your attack! I don't intend to let Typhonus get away, tenant. It's Commander Marsh now, Captain, and I'm ordering you to call off the pursuit.
0: What do you guys think of that butler moment? Everyone's kind of chilling out, and he's like, let's go fucking murder. I
1: mean, he's got him on the run, and, like, Typhonus is a prick. Like, It struck me as being totally cold, but also, like, I kind of was on his side. And Colleen O'Reilly definitely blows some dudes up who were just standing there. Uh, (laughs) That's pretty
0: cold-blooded. The reason I want to point attention to it is that, like, we've had a lot of raptor episodes and crab episodes and all that and it was kind of nice getting back to just fucking super brutal like world war ii action you know what i mean like hey they can't fight back let's murder them and that's okay
1: yeah i feel like there'd been a lot of like let's not just murder innocent people <laughs> and come to an understanding kind of stuff so it was nice to see, see a departure yeah. from that i guess A return to savagery. Yeah, back to the business at hand.
0: Us or them. (laughs) So, Algernon and Marsh are like, no, we're going inside. We got to figure out what this is. It could be the biggest weapon in the galaxy. Meanwhile, Smash Cut, Neo Sapiens, Exion, and fucking uh, Typhonus are having like the same conversation. And then Phaeton like Skypes in (laughs) and he's like, yo, fucking check that shit out before the humans get it. How he's doing this, I don't know. There's no, like,
1: Yeah, there's no, phone. there's no machine to do it.
0: <laughs> it's like, can he just do that? Is that every projector? <laughs> is every projector just showing Phaeton? He's just like, is anyone there? I need to, I need to let, You need to yell at someone. He's just going through every single one until he finds, like, Typhonus. Typhonus is like, what are you doing here? You didn't come to my performance. <laughs>
1: I had a, I had a th- I had a thought about the Neo Sapiens today, because I sometimes just yeah. think about them. That um, when they were made, they were made really dumb. And then but they had the capacity to learn, which no one knew. And um, you know, they all they just ended up at Oxford somehow. Like after the <laughs> revolution, they all went they was all enrolled at St. Andrews in Oxford, and Oxford and that's why they're all British. Yeah, we were literally just talking about this
0: like we have this head fiction a little peek behind the old kimono, that Typhonus is like a failed thespian. And that's why he like talks in that very affected tone. Mm. It's kind of like a Hitler failed artist thing. Does that mean Stentor is the guy that fucking like got the girl? You know what I mean? Like Stentor is like, there can only be one announcer in the universe. And it's me, Stentor. (laughs) Fuck Typhonus. And like, Typhonus is like, okay, I'll be a warmonger. That's it.
1: Stentor is like the Jude Law of the... Royal Academy of the Arts and Typhonus <laughs> is, you know, the, the guy you've never heard of.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Jude loves your poor man's, uh, fuck, who is he? Ray Fines. Yeah, let's I say that not Sure. Everyone's going for the transmitter, just penetrating and flying. And it turns out Taurus is still with the Exo Scouts. She's like, okay, here's the drill. My squad was doing a recon in an area south of here. I gotta go. You all wait here. You can't
1: go. I'm senior your non-com in this outfit,
0: kid. She's like, whatever, fuck off, I'm the NCO, peace. But they follow her anyway, and it was at this moment, I had this thought, and I want to see what you guys thought about this. How nice is it that there are no raptor men, and crab people, and batmen and snail monsters? Like, it's just pretty much <laughs> normal <laughs> fighting I- forces, and like, okay, weird fallopian fireballs, but like, It's pretty much a straight episode, right? Aside from the alien stuff. Like that was refreshing.
1: Uh, I'm with you, except the alien stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like... (laughs) Torres was like super ready to abandon those kids though. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Glenn. Bye. We're going to talk about Glenn later. Oh, I wrote a note. I wrote a note. I don't remember what it means, but it says, Glenn, you piece of shit.
0: (laughs) Oh, Glenn's going to get it. He's going to fucking get it. So they have a call back to my favorite line where Algernon goes inside of this like fallopian complex and he's like, it's huge. It's huge. And Brodsky looks at him as like, hey, I could have told you that. Boom. Callback. Last episode. So, you know, consistency. Takagi Jack's Typhonus' frame. They fly in there. There's funky animation in the cave. Uh, the walls seal up behind them. They have a big firefight. Fireballs kill a bunch of Typhonus' e-frames. And it turns out at the center, like we were saying, Mars has a giant radiating nougat center. And it's pretty lethal, but no radiation. So that's good.
1: How do they get into the thing, by the way? Because they don't go through the door. They kind of just blow a hole through the wall, it looks like. But like the wall of what? The wall of the artery, or the whatever it is. Yeah, the bone. Well, where was that artery? Was it underground? Was it above ground? Was
0: it there the whole time? <laughs> what is the black goo? well they kind of say at one point they're like we should be halfway through the planet which is kind of insane that they didn't get lost for like years but
1: <laughs> there's just a lot of
0: this is one of those things that if you think about it too much yeah yeah
1: but it's cool there's a sweet part where Deleon kills two neo sapiens and bronzki looks at him and Deleon just goes i wanted them both i wanted them both yeah
0: There's a lot of fucking cold-blooded murder in here. The Neo-Sapiens are basically running away, and there's a two-person, like, uh, heavy frame. And Marsala just uncloaks, reaction shot. neo pilots, oh my god, and they get blown up and killed. There are a couple of lows. My least favorite being, um, well, let me tell you two notes I wrote, okay? After they go in there, Exion keeps having all these cool dialogue lines, like, you know, there are too many of them! We have to fall back. And, you know, Typhonus is being the brave one. He's like the scientific coward. And then I'm like, so I wrote all caps, Xian's my new favorite character. Because I'm like, I love those kinds of characters. The foil to the, you know, the brute. Then like two seconds later, he's dead. So thanks, Exosquad. Thanks again.
1: Hey, any good show will take away what you love. That's true.
0: It's good writing. Yeah, so they have a firefight inside the, uh, the heart of Mars, like in the episode title. Takagi is in Typhonus' old frame. Typhonus is in a Phaeton frame. Takagi, like, jump kicks uh, Typhonus. Then Typhonus turns on his frame's Bluetooth and flies Takagi into the heart of Mars, where Maggie has to save him dramatically. Basically, Takagi's frame falls into the heart of Mars. The fusion pack blows up. Everything gets wacky. Uh, Everyone flies out of that chamber because there's energy going everywhere. All the Neos basically get zapped by, like, exploding fireballs because Mars is going to explode. The jump troops almost leave Abel's squad behind. By the way, Baker's squad... Killed. No one says a word. Not a word. Not even like a
1: fucking like. Oh no, Baker. Whatever. No, they're fucking dead. There's been again. a lot of like cutaways to like two e frames that you didn't know were there. That yeah get killed like in this the yeah, whole they, thing. It's like how many Neosapiens came in? Oh, fifty. Yeah. Well, they do the thing where they show
0: Baker squad for like half a second. And you're like, oh yeah, he's still here. And then literally he just gets, like, eaten by the heart. And then you're like, wow, okay, thanks. Everyone escapes from Able Squad, that is. Typhonus is the only guy who survives. Able Squad, like, gets together with the jump troops. They take off fly away into space to safety. Typhonus is like, aha, a shuttle for me! But then who shows up but the motherfucking Exo Scouts? And they fucking wrap him up, stomp him, jack his ride, Pirate looks him in the face and says, Don't
1: mess with the exoscoach!
0: They take off, fly away. You think they're going to die because the uh, fucking, a dial blows up and they fall back, but we'll get there. Now we get to the sad, sad moment where Mars fucking just explodes.
1: Just fucking explodes. With Typhonus on it. Oh yeah, Typhonus is still there. So the kids, some kid wrapped up Typhonus in his grappling hook, left him on Mars to die. And Mars exploded.
0: That's a merit badge. You know, Mars is gone. You think that Typhonus and Taurus and the Exoscouts are dead. So they have a little funeral for Taurus on a piece of Mars that's just floating through <laughs> through space, which is awkward. <laughs> Apparently, when you die in the Exo Fleet, they just take your black box and broadcast your most private personal memories to everyone. Yeah, your thoughts. Which is not cool. So we see Torres before the war, and she's in love, and she's kissing this man, a very hunky <laughs> man, in a very Blade Runner jacket, which is blue and yellow, of course, called ExoSquad. And they have a conversation in the rain where it's like, It's
1: not fair.
0: Why should I have to choose between you and the ExoFleet? Glenn. Glenn! Don't make me choose between a fleet and you, Glenn. Don't make me do this, Glenn. And it turns out Glenn fucking just leaves her because she's going to join the fleet instead of being, like, a good fucking partner and supporting her choices. Fuck you, Glenn. Glenn, you piece of shit.
1: Yeah. What the fuck? I always thought Torres was a a gay character.
0: Which is interesting about the show. I mean, different time, but...
1: Yeah, I don't think that they would have made her a lesbian.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, she definitely reads as, like a queer character and like in a show that doesn't really go into interpersonal relationships that much you kind of sort of take what you get when it comes to uh character development and backstory. So, the introduction of Glenn is like oh, that's a thing.
1: Yeah, I mean like I don't it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, that's even that's sort of playing against expectation, which is good. But Torres isn't dead. So yeah, she shows back up with this, the exo scouts and then jt's like welcome back tourists cool it's <laughs> yeah. a very very muted response but there's this part where, like at the end where phaetons like venus fell to the exo fleet and now mars is destroyed where well, once we had an empire now it has turned to dust i will never surrender even if I must destroy every living thing on this planet. <laughs> he like doesn't, nobody takes the explosion of Mars to be the Holocaust that it is.
0: Millions of not only Neo-Sapiens, but humans died. And he's just like, whatever this happens, you know, it's Tuesday, but he did, He vows to destroy everything rather than lose, which is interesting. That's terrifying from coming from him. But then we get a, a weird Algernon bumper. About how Algernon values science over everything, even other people. And it ends with his head floating in space, which is a terrifying visage. But, um,
1: uh. Yeah, I thought there was it, a cool, cool thing where they had, like, the Exosquad has their scientist, and, uh, <laughs> the Neosapiens have their scientist, the Xenophobia, or whatever his name is. And I thought that was a pretty cool, uh, dichotomy. Yeah.
0: I think this episode kind of reminds me of the whole thing that, like, Algernon was on the other side when the war started and he doesn't really care. He's just there for like the uh, like the superhero super science, you know, of like giant facilities and things that can explode. So I don't know. It was kind of a nice refresher that, uh, you know, he's a crazy person. But what did you guys think of this one? Like, you know, highlights, thoughts, anything. Please make me stop talking.
1: Right. Ryan, are you still there? I thought he was just being quiet. He's not there exo squad will be back in a moment so
0: in a fun bit of trivia this is when we realized that ryan had been disconnected since about the fifth minute of the podcast now back to exo squad so chris you have any thoughts about the episode
1: well okay so first of all i'm with you that it was nice not to have gooey guys or beastie boys i knew mars exploded i didn't realize it was there were still a lot of episodes left to go um like there's a whole like the last four episodes of the fall of the Neo-Saipian Empire. So so the whole timeline, I guess, it was different this time around watching it for me. Um, I thought this was much closer to the end of the series, like after the fall, fall of the Neo-Sabian Empire. I don't know. It, it seems like a really huge momentous moment that happens really soon, early. I'm not sure how I feel about the whole alien subplot. I don't really know what the alien plan is. Um, I'm more kind of like, I went from like, really following it and being like super down to being kind of confused, which is maybe a good thing. Maybe it's good that I'm on my toes a little bit off my game. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. What did you think?
0: No, I'm with you. Cause like in my memory
1: of the, the show,
0: I remember this being like the second to last episode or something like that. It kind of caught me off guard. I honestly didn't remember like the heart of Mars. Like, you know, I remember all this stuff around it, but the actual going in there, the big ball thing, the explosion, That totally fell out of my brain. And I totally think I rolled it in with like the last episode and all that. So it's good. Like you said, it keeps you on your toes that it's like something super weird and strange and doesn't really tie into anything, unfortunately, because we never got season three. It's crazy to think that there's like so many episodes left. And like, I don't know, I I don't remember it being this soon, like you said. And I feel like it's going to be really interesting to see how it affects everything going forward and decision-making and how characters react to each other.
1: Yeah. I'd be really curious to know like what was behind this decision because I, I wasn't tired. Like I wasn't tired of the whole human neo conflict. You know, I think that there was a lot more there to probe before we went into aliens. And like, I think part of my problem with the alien thing is that like, I don't know what the agency of the aliens are right now. Like the whole question of like, was Mars an alien <laughs> what <laughs> how was this thing here the whole time and nobody knew about it? like there's just a lot of questions it brings up but yeah um, the idea of there being some sort of alien race i'm not i'm not against the idea of like finding an abandoned alien installation is like one of the all-time coolest things it's like a ghost ship concept that is yeah super cool but installation it was like a living breathing biological creature that they completely <laughs> accidentally <laughs> Fell into and destroyed. There was no. It was all accidents.
0: There's part of me that kind of like wonders if they had expanded this out. That it would be like, oh, Mars was like a flourishing planet back in the day, and this heart like sucked all the resources out of it or something. But then again, is what's the purpose? Is it like a giant reactor to refuel ships, or you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you could do with it. But it's a shame that they didn't.
1: It feels like a depart, like it like um. So I just watch this is going to be my recommendation i just saw the movie logan oh yeah not to be confused with logan lucky but um but you know what i mean that's from a series of like the old man logan comics if i'm not mistaken which is like you know there's x-men and you could write like x-men straight up forever right um but then there's these like departures of these series like batman year one or what or like the old man logan series and that's what this feels like it feels like like a different like it's like comic books but someone just did a different take on it. Like, oh, this is them fighting aliens and it's like not in the continuity of the series, but it's like it's own adventure. There's
0: probably that wonders if say you were doing like uh, season 2 into season 3, right? Yeah. In my mind, you know, you do the battle for Mars, um they liberate it, they do something, you know, they blockaded or something, maybe I don't know. Um like they were doing the island uh hopping The asteroids. Maybe they do that, and it's like they more or less starve out Mars. You go to Earth, you liberate it. You do that big battle. You do the sort of like post-war stuff, and then you start like getting into the mop-up stuff. And maybe then, you know, you do this with like Typhonis and like I don't know some like uh, partisans or whatever partisans. And you have this storyline. Then you blow up Mars. Then you do the chaos stuff, and you have your aliens come in. Right? Like it doesn't necessarily need to happen now
1: yeah yeah I mean it either happens like in the middle in the height of the war or at the end of the war, yeah where there's like a third party that like makes the two sides join forces because it seems like that they they get set up and then they defeat the neo sapiens and then it happens
0: It's interesting, and like again, kind of what we were saying last time, you know we have uh the warrior brood coming in, and then we go right from that to this, and it feels like a lot of Stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be there. It's interesting to see where they were going to take the show, and it's a shame that we never got to see what that season three would actually be.
1: Yeah, no, it is. And I think it's, I'm always intrigued when shows kind of reinvent themselves to go forward. I just feel like, I feel like this was, it would have been a really great two season show that just explored to the fullest extent the conflict that was already in existence. And um, I'm curious, so I'm, I'm like, I'm super curious to see how it plays out because I just feel lost in it a little bit, Um, which is okay. It's okay to be off balance, but it's like a big change. Like you can't put Mars back on the map once you've taken it off the map.
0: You know, it's literally, does the moon of, you know, I forget what the moon of Mars is. Is it IO? Does it just go fucking like flying off into space? (laughs) Like, how's that work? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I was going to say just before we do MVPs, I just want to throw out a couple of reader, reader, viewer, listener thoughts. Monk of War says, there's a funeral for Torres, but none for Baker Squad. Baker's lost, exo-fighter resurrected and dies a different color. So that guy died twice. Um, and again, what do you think of this like kind of trend where we have all the red shirts coming in, getting killed after being introduced, and one exo-trooper from Able Squad vaguely dies? Who's not Noretti, because Noretti just went unremarked upon. <laughs> And we're getting all this, like, memorial. We, she had basically, like, two funerals at this point, right?
1: Yeah, well, so I'm on board with them giving Torres a funeral because she's an important part of their their particular squad. Um, the whole Baker Squad thing is kind of funny. And I'm kind of with the show where I'm like, wait, Baker Squad was there? And then I forget that they were there totally. <laughs> I totally forgot they were there. They're so – I don't even know why they keep – it's almost like a joke <laughs> yeah it's like, it's like oh that missile missed me oh crap it's on the baker squad do you guys are still hear that <laughs> ah, they were gone you know it's like i'm to put a bell on baker squad
0: <laughs> they're freaking like just showing up at the worst times or the best times well worst yeah, time get, for them they
1: get such like a uh <laughs> a crappy treatment <laughs> they're just they're just there to get killed and they're not even yeah. in shots where they're not being killed i know it's it's
0: just so depressing to be in baker squad Or any of the other squads that show up. Well, since we're going with just the two of us at this point, who's your MVP? I
1: probably gotta go Torres for uh, not letting Glenn keep her down (laughs) and for saving those kids, even though she tried to leave them behind and they would have died. They all would have died had they not had the wherewithal to come with her. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Torres.
0: I'm gonna go Glenn. Because Glenn's the man. <laughs> really? Glenn's the man that made Torres hard. Um, Hello. You know, if Glenn doesn't happen, Torres is still like you know a happy, bright woman. She's Nara Burns. Yeah, she's Nara Burns, and Glenn made her into the Torres that she is. Uh, um, so she chose the fleet. She stayed with the fleet. Glenn's dead. Forget Glenn. So glenn's my mvp
1: two sides of the same coin i dig it yeah <laughs> <laughs> two Glens facing each other um
0: <laughs> oh man the show needs more Glenn. that'd be the perfect time for ryan to come back in <laughs> I More glenn instead tour <laughs> there are millions of Glens in the universe <laughs> but only one glenn stole rita tours his heart glenn's in a jail cell with uh amanda connors just rotting we totally knew that right away whose name i remembered immediately like a razor trap she's the baker squad on this tv show somewhere there's a table stentor glenn amanda connors and charles napier are all having dinner i'm just saying
1: heck yeah they are with tupac, with
0: tupac. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you got a plug uh two loopy ladies on etsy go to etsy.com and search for two loopy ladies buy yourself something crocheted it'll be nice you'll like it you'll thank yourself for getting yourself a hat a scarf uh, a cool little penguin or owl or something (laughs) no they have really cool little little little, uh, I don't even call them crocheted animals stuff
0: yeah they're adorable they're like perfect for like cuddling up to in front of a fire
1: so do that if you need any videography for anything if you have an older relative who needs wants to tell their life story uh, go to 25films.com look me up and I will i will shoot, shoot your, shoot your. <laughs> it
0: sounded good until you said it right it
1: did, it did, yeah and uh or weddings i do weddings and deaths
0: i will shoot your grandma
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: two five films we'll shoot your granny oh, oh. too much if you like the pod Look us up on Patreon. You can support us for as little as $2 a month or unlimited. Patreon.com slash goals. You can support us for as little as $2 a month. And if you support us at the Admiral level, you can choose the content for a special episode. Ryan really wanted to do the Ralph Bakshi 1970-something weird fantasy cartoon wizards. So... That might be our next special episode.
1: Recommendations. I just saw the movie Logan. I want to recommend the movie Logan. It is probably the best X-Men movie that they made. And uh, very enjoyable. And uh, you should go check it out if you haven't seen it. it It's worth seeing.
0: Yeah, Patrick Stewart and uh, Hugh Jackman are both really good in it. And someone convinced
1: convinced a child to (laughs) stab people in the head repeatedly. So... (laughs) Steve. yeah, Hugh Jackman, I think it's it's a really good performance, and I think it should be recognized more than it is because he's really good at it,
0: yeah. he does a lot of really subtle things because there's a lot of big moments with that character, but he has a lot of really internal, kind of like tortured
1: moments, which I enjoy. plus it's like it's just like he's such a theat- He's in such a theatrical amount of movies. He's just like these are this movie coming out now. like was it the great showman? So for oh, yeah, him yeah. to do like a kind of understated brooding. Like he like is channeling Mel Gibson. He looks like Mel Gibson in the movie. I thought it was really good. That was a really, really strong, probably his strongest performance. No, I, I agree. And it was like, it's
0: very Western too, which I love. And they make, oh, yeah. you know, Super Western. And all this great stuff. So, um, yeah, I even thought that was too much. I was like, I know I get it. it's a Western. You don't need to. <laughs> yeah. They even sneak the homestead thing in there, which is great. I'm going to recommend, uh, Netflix's Punisher. It's a, uh, it's a good show. Like, it's very watchable, right? It has some parts that are, like, a little problematic. You, oh, well, anyway, I'm overthinking it. But, like, it's, it's very fun. A um, couple of really good performances in it. And a couple of really funny moments. So, check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, so, there's that. Our intro and outro music is done by Eric Calderon. You can find this stuff on YouTube at 331 E-Rock. He had a, like, Game of Thrones, like mashup thing that was really kind of fun it was like an america fuck yeah game of thrones thing which is just check it out it's fun we usually come out with an episode every saturday but we might be going on a little bit of a break here for the holiday season lots of traveling lots of relatives and some big big life events so check us out on twitter we'll hit you back with when we're coming back and all that stuff but uh if you like us aside from the patreon thing itunes five-star review writer review share all that stuff we're active on twitter talk to us all that fun stuff but for extra squad goals
1: i'm chris Mastellone. and i'm chris Tarantino. what's that if you listen
0: to the wind you can hear it are there any heroes in this company no sir exactly